Canada Conversations is brought to you by Deloitte Canada, helping you navigate the complex challenges your company faces through recovery and enabling you to thrive in the new normal. To learn more, visit Deloitte.ca. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. My guest today is one of the top economists in the country with a keen eye trained squarely on the automotive industry. In fact, it's her specialty. She's been watching closely the effect the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the industry and continues to tweak her annual sales forecast each and every month. And as she'll tell you in the show, it hasn't been easy and the sales game is anything but predictable these days. We'll get her latest sales forecast and find out whether people will be buying new vehicles with or without the help of government stimulus when I speak with Scotiabank's Director of Fiscal and Provincial Economics, Rebecca Young. Rebecca, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, We are six months uh, through this year. Um, I just wonder your initial thoughts on second quarter sales, given that was smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Yes, well, I think uh, it's a good news, bad news story. So second quarter sales were very bad. And, uh, you know, but the good news is that we are on the other side, at least in our baseline scenario of where the economy and where auto sales will go in particular. And so we just, you know, as as you no doubt aware, the pandemic was striking at the end of March. So, you know, sales already started cratering at the end of the first quarter. But then, you know, we saw um, sales down by 80 percent year over year in April um, and slowly recovering since then. So I think the I guess the good news, um, apart from being on the other side of of that um, deep hole of the second quarter, is that the recovery, in fact, or the rebound was faster than economists like ourselves at Scotiabank Economics um, had anticipated for the lockdown. And so, you know, even six months to, uh, sorry, six weeks to eight weeks ago, most forecasters were expecting the lockdown to last longer, for it to take longer to really tamp down the, uh, the, the, the pandemic. And so the fact that economies were able to start opening in uh, um, essentially end of April for parts of the country and in May for for the rest of the country and and bleeding into June. So so a bit of an earlier rebound um, already starting to be felt in in second quarter. Do you expect that rebound to continue for the next six months or is there something that could crop up and I assume it would be the virus itself that tamps out that um that recovery effort um well there's definitely sort of a lot of clouds on the horizon um i would say i feel still optimistic for at least the summer months for the canadian uh, market and so i think that we still have um both a bit of what i might call pent up demand and so we still have some Canadians that are slowly emerging and gaining confidence that either, you know, confidence in their own job security or they've returned to work or also confidence for their own health and safety. So I think there's still a bit of that left that'll um, feed into sales over the over the summer months. 
But I think as we head into the fall and especially um, uh, heading into the end of the calendar year is that we will see a bit of a slowdown. So we'll see a wearing off of of that immediate rebound effect and the reality of this multi-year recovery that economists talk about is going to set in. And so we'll start seeing some of the more traditional economic factors weighing on auto sales in particular as we look past kind of the three to six month time frame. We've heard from automakers and dealers that retail sales haven't been as dire as one might expect with a lockdown and stay-at-home orders and things like that. But there's no question uh, people are simply not traveling, not moving around for business. So fleet sales, rentals, those kind of things aren't needed right now. Um, I just wonder what the split is between fleet and retail sales and if there's a story in there that you know, the overall numbers might be hiding from the general public. Uh, You make an excellent point. Um, And like, I do think actually that the retail numbers are, sorry, the the headline numbers mask more strength in retail numbers because fleet sales have been uh, hit more seriously. So typically fleet sales in the Canadian market make up sort of 20 to 25 percent of total new vehicle sales and it you know it, it, it changes um, you know month to month and you know season to season but roughly speaking that's the breakdown but what we've seen is um, you know they the, they were down by about 80 percent year over year in the peak of the pandemic but they really haven't recovered by that much so they still have hovered in that minus 80 minus 70 uh, uh, minus 60 um, um, space over the last couple of months whereas retail has really you know, experience that rebound. And there are a couple of factors. I mean, one very obvious one when you read the, the news is that um, uh, rental car industry is is being hit hard because of the, uh, the extraordinary hit on travel. So nobody's traveling and a lot of rental business comes from uh, from airlines. And so that's going to be a slow recovery. So we won't see a rebound in, in that component of fleet. But more generally, um, um, you know, fleet for business purposes also will take a, you know, will have a slow recovery as, as the full impact of the um, of this crisis really hits. And so I think um, both households and businesses in Canada, I think, are in a bit of a waiting mode to see, you know, what was the full damage um, when we get to the other side and, and businesses in particular, because so far they've had less support from the government than households have. How important are fleet sales in terms of profitability for an automaker or a dealer? I mean, I don't think the markup is as much as it might be on a retail sale. So I just wonder how a lack of fleet sales um, hampers or hinders profitability because there's a difference in sheer volume and still being profitable. I just wonder how big of a piece of pie fleet is for the automaker and the dealer. Yes, you're right. You know, typically fleet sale are, are purchased in um, um, in larger quantities, so they're not individual transactions. So, um, on average, generally the the um, uh, markup can be lower on a per unit basis. But it really comes down to um, you know the the individual dealer and what you know what fraction of their sales that would make up. But but the margins tend to be um, t- tend to be smaller. 
and retail you do get you know you can build that customer loyalty for repeat sales and um and maintenance and you know so there are other other sources of revenue that can be linked to retail that can uh, can strengthen the bottom line so so i think that you know for for many dealers will be um you know at least a um a positive offset uh, as we work through this transition if you're someone who sells anything in this day and age right now in this time clothing cars televisions um i assume the biggest concern right now is the overall economy um we had a federal uh economic snapshot yesterday i just wonder if you could paint the picture for us how much discretionary income do people have right now for a vehicle um what might change moving forward in terms of getting people off their couch and and off browsing online and actually into showrooms and purchasing cars well the good news that we saw and we you know intuitively we we thought this but we saw it in paper yesterday from the federal government is that on aggregate, they estimate that the amounts that they transferred to households through the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, or the so-called CERB, that aggregate amount was actually greater than the estimated loss of income or wage losses uh, in the Canadian economy. So there was actually more money going to households than, on average, would have been had people been working pre-crises in, you know, in full employment. And I think that we are seeing that in some um, economic indicators and first in some non-traditional ones like we've 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 mined some of um, the proprietary data at Scotiabank and obviously respecting privacy rights and just aggregating it up. But to try to see the trends of consumers, what you know, were they and weren't they spending um, both with debit and credit transactions during and post um, lockdown? And so, obviously, everything but the essentials were really hit during the um, during the immediate lockdown. But we're starting now to see, um, you know, other things starting to pop back up on on debit and credit transactions, including auto. And so, you know, I guess the the, the bottom line or the takeaway is that um, I think that Canadians, um, so far, their purchasing has been really driven by the lockdown and then the reopening. And we really, it's hard to tell quite yet, um, you know, just uh, how they will be in six months from now. But what, you know, when we look at then the traditional indicators, so not these high frequency you know, debit transactions, we do see uh, elevated household savings. And for economists, um, our traditional training tells us that, uh, you know, when households save, it's because they're worried about the future. So they're worried that they won't have a job. So they start saving on a precautionary basis. But I think we're actually, you know, observing carefully because it may not be that case. It may be that there were many Canadians um, that were able to work from home and or get an income replacement um, over the last couple of months, but they haven't been able to go out there and spend it. So we may just be seeing, you know, on average uh, household balances and these savings accumulating, um, you know, more in nature of, you know, not being able to go and, and, and spend. So I think all of that, you know, is a you know you can take a sort of a bit of optimism from that that you know households um you know have fared so far the uh, the 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 crises, but we want to see signs that it's not because they're fearful where the economy will be in three to six months, but because of the nature of this crisis. We'll hear more from Rebecca Young after this short break. The COVID nineteen pandemic has had an unprecedented impact on the world's population and economy. 
Social distancing and self-isolation measures have taken consumers out of the auto retail market, while concern over worker safety continues in manufacturing facilities globally. An increasingly distressed supply base is facing the potential for large-scale liquidity issues, which may lead to increased M&A activity throughout the ecosystem. Significant uncertainty remains around the permanence of current consumer behaviors and the extent to which they will be able to re-engage with the sector. Through Deloitte's State of the Consumer Tracker series, we discuss timely data and trends and highlight key consumer insights. We also explore how behavioral preferences take shape over time to allow businesses to make strategic decisions in this dynamic market environment. The ongoing survey results are also available via an interactive dashboard, the Deloitte Global State of the Consumer Tracker. Check in every two weeks to explore new consumer insights and emergent trends. Welcome back to the show, where we're joined by Rebecca Young, Scotiabank's Director of Fiscal and Provincial Economics. So early on, um, dealers were calling for a cash for clunkers program. There were some uh, politicians and dealers associations calling for higher EV incentives. Um, Do you expect, given what you just said, that more money went out the door than was actually probably needed, do you expect the federal government or provincial government to roll out any sort of spending incentives, whether for new vehicles or stimulus in general moving forward? Or are we in a good spot now where you kind of just rely on the general populace to do their part in saving and spending as they would under normal times? Um, well, I've, first of all, I would say they they did enough. I wouldn't necessarily say they did too much. And I would also say that they are likely going to need to do more. And so there's a general consensus that what they've done, we wouldn't even call stimulus because it was really just trying to keep um, uh, Canadians whole. And I, and as I alluded to before, I don't think businesses necessarily have received all the support they need. And yesterday tweaks a few programs to still try to get more money out the door over the couple of months for businesses. And you have to remember businesses are Canadian. So if you are a small business owner, um, you know, the distinction is, uh, you know, is, 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 is not that different. If you have businesses shut down, this then has an impact on Canadians that are employed by these businesses. So, um, all that to say, I think what the government did was, um, you know, was appropriate, still not stimulatory. And so when we talk about the path ahead, our baseline is a recovery. It's a slow recovery, not, you know, not really getting out of the woods until a vaccine is there and not achieving pre-crises GDP levels until 2022, early 2022. So that means that, um, you know, it's very well that it's very possible that the government will need to think about what is called a recovery plan. So, so far, what they've done is a pandemic response plan. They've really sort of looked at the immediate needs, the immediate health and, uh, you know, the immediate financial uh, needs of Canadians during the pandemic. But they really haven't done anything about stimulating the economy to make sure we, you know, we recover sort of on both both legs on the other side. So all that to say, I think we anticipate uh, as, as early as this fall, a federal budget that would have details of a broader um, recovery plan for the Canadian economy. And I could very well foresee, um, uh, for example, EV infrastructure, whether, you know, whether they're more incentives, purchase incentives or, um, you know, or whether it's around infrastructure uh, such as charging stations. But it certainly was part of the um, the platform commitment and the government has very ambitious um, targets. So I do think that we will see that to come and it could come as early as the fall. 
you had mentioned in your um, global economics auto news flash uh, about a week ago um, that you know the recovery looks good, it, it's positive, but there's a downside risk to it all, and that downside risk is what's going on in the United States right now with a surge in coronavirus cases. Some economies now. Um, not shutting down in states, but uh, rolling back um, the use of restaurants and other public gatherings and things like that. How, in particular, does the U.S. Um, recovery affect auto sales in Canada, if at all? If, if they shut down, does that affect us in terms of sales? And I just wonder how, if so. Well, the I guess there would be <clears throat> two channels for Canadian auto sales, um, and and I just first provide a little color to um, to to that comment, which is um, there's a real debate as to what has the biggest impact on um, on consumption right now. Is it the fact that your government tells you you can't go out and buy, or is it because you are worried that you know there are outbreaks and you're not it's not safe to go out and buy? And what we're starting to see is that the the latter, i.e. the the fear can be as great, if not greater, than the government shutdowns. And so, um, you know, so if you look at auto sales in the U.S. in the peak of the pandemic, they were down by about minus 45, minus 50 percent year over year, whereas economies such as Canada that shut down in a pretty broad-based way were down about minus 80 percent. So the U.S. was really an anomaly, but then the rebound has been much slower. And in fact, um, you know, it's almost almost stalled this you know the um the june data was really not that much better than uh, than may data and we can possibly even see a w for the us auto sales in july because of you know the outbreak really started accelerating at the end of june so all that to say like i think you know it it could get much worse uh for the us and then in terms of looking at canadian sales the first transmission really is through, um, you know, they are Canada's biggest trading partner. And so, um, you know, whatever whatever happens in the U.S. economy ultimately gets imported into the Canadian economy as a drag on, uh, on our own uh, growth. And so there is that growth channel is that, you know, and we typically feel that about a quarter after when a shock hits the U.S. economy, um, you know, about a quarter later, we see our GDP shrinking. And, and usually the, the rule of thumb is about half a percent. So a 1% knock on U.S. GDP would result in about a 0.5% GDP shock to Canada. That's very generic, but it gives you a sense of, you know, the importance of, of the U.S. economy to Canada. But the second channel um, um, really uh, also would be if that had any impact on uh, production. And so we're certainly seeing a very unique type of um, supply and demand shock hitting auto sales. And so we do see um, models in high demand where, uh, you know, inventories just aren't able to keep up with uh, with the uh, sales and models that Canadians or Americans want. So if we are in a situation where uh, production in the U.S. And, and as well as Mexico is having to stop and start quite frequently, that'll certainly impact Canada in, in terms of having the vehicles on the lots that, you know, that are that are able to generate the sales to meet uh, potential demand. Okay, so all that said, here's the $1.5 million question. Is that still the number we're looking at in terms of annual sales for 2020? Or is there a different number at this point in time? Where do you see us finishing? 
Right now, I'm sticking at the 1.5 million. Um, I'm staying very open-minded. I would say, um, you know, it might have a degree of pessimism in it. I would say I'm a bit conservative on it. I I do see a number of risks, um, especially in the latter part of this year. But I am looking every month at sales data, and I'm adjusting it, and I'm and I'm hoping I can adjust it upward as the year goes on. So, so how hard has your job been, really? I mean, for where I sit, I just cover the facts and and what happens. You're sort of trying to forecast. How difficult has it been for someone in your position covering the auto industry over the last four months? Well, I would say it's been a real exercise in uh, in humility and humbleness. <laughs> and so I think that it's, uh, you know, as economists, we have to realize that, you know, what we were trained in and what we learned, you know, may not and in fact likely doesn't hold in many cases. And so we have to you know, we have to take the blinders off and look at what's actually happening and how do we interpret uh, non-traditional data to inform our analysis as opposed to um, our usual methods. So I think it is a it's a healthy exercise. It's an eye opener to, uh, um, you know, to uh, to have to, you know, look at the fundamentals and, and, and engage. And that's, you know, where it becomes very important to hear and get feedback on, you know, folks and Canadians that are on the ground and that are dealing with some of the issues directly and are seeing, you know, trends um, in, in the moment. So I think that, you know, that despite the need to, you know, all be in our own homes or, you know, try to fit, maintain social distancing, um, you know, we, we do try to maintain that contact to, uh, to, stay, um, to stay grounded it's it's going to make us all better at our jobs rebecca i think um we're we're seeing things we've never seen before and it's all the more reason for us to catch up again a couple months from now um can i count on you to to join me again in the future this year to uh, to check back in at least one or two more times absolutely i'd love to all right i appreciate it. thanks for being on the show um rebecca all the best uh, much appreciated thank you we reached rebecca in her hometown of pictou nova scotia If you want to be a guest or have a suggestion or simply want to comment on the show, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.